And so when I was thinking about what Youth Sunday may entail, I decided, you know what would be fun? Superheroes. I just got done with a meeting last week where ministers got together and we were fed spiritually. And one of the things that was talked about was being a hero of faith. Being our own superhero. And I already decided for the month of October that we were going to be looking at what it means to be a bold, brave Christian who loves and serves the Lord with no fear. And so, that's what it came about that we are going to look today at what it means to be the superhero you. So, if I were to ask you to name a person, real or fake, that you think is brave, somebody who doesn't show fear, who would you think? Hercules, Superman, the Incredible Hulk, Iron Man. Those are all superheroes, though, right? Captain America. Captain America. So, let's be honest now again. How many of us, as kids, or even if we're more real as adults, ever wish that we could be superheroes? I mean, and sometimes we go as far as to decide what our power would be, like those quizzes on Facebook that they said if you were a superhero, what would be your superhero power? Right? How many of us would be like, yeah, we'd give it a thought. Superheroes has been really popular. There's been a lot of movies, television shows, comic books. Everywhere you go, you're surrounded by Batman, Superman, Iron Man, Wonder Woman, the Hulk, Captain America, just to name a few. Right? But the question is, why do superheroes appeal to us? What is it about these characters that attract attention to them. Why do we go and pay and watch these movies about superheroes? Because we like to watch people do things that we would think was really cool to do too. We want to be brave, to show no fear, to be called heroes. We want to be the one who saves the earth from a meteorite that's about to destroy the world. We want to be the one who can stop evil in its tracks, who can make the bad guys pay for their crimes. So it makes sense that we like movies in which people banish the bad guys, good wins, and everyone lives happily ever after. Because that's what we want in life, right? We want our heroes to be super at what they do. That's why we call them superheroes, right? But what does it mean to be a hero anyway? What part of superhero is hero about? Well, a hero is defined as somebody who commits an act of remarkable bravery or has shown an admirable quality such as great courage or strength of character. It is someone who is admired for outstanding qualities 
for their achievements. Now, what if I were to tell you that your dreams of being a hero, a superhero even, could come true? How many of you guys would be interested in that? Right? Yeah, we want to be heroes, don't we? We have an opportunity to become a superhero of faith, a regular action hero of faith. By being one who is admired for living out the outstanding life that Jesus wants us to live. Living out the message we believe in. The message that comes from God. And this message might not keep an asteroid or meteorite from hitting Earth. But what it can do can almost be even more amazing. In fact, it is if you think about it. Because what we can do by sharing this and living in this and being a superhero of our faith and living a life of faith without fear is that we can keep someone from spending an eternity separated from the love of God. Now, I'll admit, I like superhero movies. I like to watch them. And I remember the line in Spider-Man, you guys probably know it too, when Peter Parker is told, with great power comes great responsibility, right? You guys have heard that, haven't you? What if I were to tell you that that is not an original line created by some comic book genius? In fact, Romans 15, 1 through 2, and I'm reading through the um, Holman Christian Standard Version. That's Romans 15, 1 through 2, says, Now we who are strong have an obligation to bear the weakness of those without strength. And not to please ourselves. For each one of us must please his neighbor for his good. To build him up. Each one of us with power. Each one of us with strength or strong. Have an obligation to believe. That almost sounds the same, doesn't it? That we have strength and power. Then we have an obligation to help the weak, to build them up, to help them become strong. And where does our strength come from? The Lord, right? So if we are to live a life bravely and boldly for God, showing no fear so that we may be a hero, what do we have to do? Well, I'll admit, I like to Google things. How many of you are with me? If I have a question... I probably ask Google. And honestly, Google probably tells me a thousand and one different answers. And sometimes I read five of them. <laughs> but I like to ask Google for stuff I don't know. Or just to know things, like random things. And so when I started talking and thinking about being a hero of faith, I went to Google and I said, scriptures about being a hero of faith. Because, I mean, when you talk about heroes of faith, you may get, you 
25 results, the top 100 scriptures, a bunch of them. And I was reading through them. It's where we found our scripture from Romans about having strong people being responsible for the weak. But then I also found this next scripture. It showed up several times on different lists about being a hero of faith. And when I first read it, the first time, I discredited it because I go, well, it doesn't say anything about being a hero. But then when I kept seeing it over and over and over again on different lists, I said to myself, well, if it keeps showing up, there's got to be something to this, right? And so I started looking, and that's when I realized Scripture doesn't say to be a hero, you must do this. What it does say is that when we live a godly life, we must do this. And so, simply put, to live a godly life is to be a hero. And so, the scripture is James chapter 1, verses 19 through 27. James chapter 1, verses 19 through 27. We're going to look at it at a different couple translations and versions throughout the sermon, but I'm going to start it off by reading it from the message. James chapter 1, verse 9, starting with verse 19, says this. Post this in all intersections, dear friends, and lead with your ears, follow up with your tongue, and let anger straggle along in the rear. God's righteousness doesn't grow from human anger, so throw all spoiled virtue and cancerous evil in the garbage. In simple humility, let our gardener God landscape you with the word, making the salvation garden of your life. Don't fool yourselves into thinking that you are a listener when you are anything but. Let the word go in one ear and out the other. Letting the word go in one ear and out the other. But instead, act on what you hear. Those who hear and don't act are like those who glance in the mirror, walk away, and two minutes later have no idea who they are and what they look like. But whoever catches a glimpse of the revealed counsel of God, the free life, even out of the corner of his eye, and sticks with him, is no distracted scatterbrain, but a man or woman of action. That person will find delight and affirmation in the action. Anyone who sets himself up as religious by talking a good game is self-deceived. That kind of religion is hot air and only hot air. Rare religion. The kind that passes muster before God the Father is this. Reach out to the homeless and loveless in their plight and guard against corruption from the godless world. So, in order to become a faith action hero, superhero of faith, if you would, there's a couple things we need to do from that scripture that tells us. We need to grasp the appearance of what a faith action hero is. We need to have the ambition, the motivation of a faith action hero. 
And finally, we need to show the actions of a superhero of faith. So first, what does a superhero look like? Am I a superhero because I'm wearing this cape here? It looks very spiffy with my uniform, but no. This cape does not give me any incredible powers. I cannot fly, and I will not try to. Yeah, it would not be pretty. I don't shoot laser beams out of my eyes. I don't have any special powers associated with putting on this cape. And so, just because I may look like a superhero with a cape on, doesn't mean I'm a superhero. And when I say an appearance of a hero, I'm not talking about what they physically look like. Because the truth is, looks, physical looks, can be deceiving. But when I say an appearance, I'm not talking about the costume or mask that we can wear, but rather their characteristic or distinct impression they give. So, the question we need to ask ourselves is what kind of appearance does a hero of faith need to have? James 19 through um, 19 verse 19 and 20 in James chapter 1 tells us exactly that. Now the New Century Version says it this way for James chapter 1, verse starting with verse 19. My dear brothers and sisters, always be willing to listen and slow to speak. Do not become easily angry, because anger will not help you live the right kind of life God wants. Did you guys get that? It says we need to be quick to listen. If we do not listen to God and his word, then we will end up pretending to follow his will because we actually have no idea what we're doing. How many of you guys have ever heard that phrase, just smile and nod? Mm-hmm. Because you know it's really going on, but you don't want to look like you don't. So you just smile and nod. We're warned against it to listen, to know. The command to be quick to listen is an eagerness to hear and obey God's message. Once we see the wonderful blessing from God that, that comes to us as a result of our obedience and his love for us, we should want to listen more and more to him, right? How many times, though, have we been told something but did not hear it because we were so anxious to speak that we did not listen? Truly. There are a bunch of different subjects that get debated every day. You turn on any kind of news station and you will see three different people on the screen and split screen talking about the same things, won't you? They take turns weighing in on what they're thinking about on any given subject. And when you listen to these conversations, you can honestly learn and hear a lot of interesting things about what they think. It's especially interesting when you get Christians to debate things, because then what you hear is often about what they think, and they neglect one important part. As Christians, we don't need to be too concerned about what we think. But instead, 
we need to be concerned about what God truly thinks about the situation. Yeah. A few years ago, there was a slogan. It's very popular. WWJD. You guys remember what it meant? What would Jesus do? But now it's kind of faded out, hasn't it? I'll tell you. It's kind of sad that it faded out. Because the truth of it is, is it's still a very relevant question in our lives today. We need to be asking ourselves, what would Jesus do in this situation? In order for us to be able to grow in Christ, we have to listen to God's word. And when we listen to God's word, that's where we truly be able, are able to learn exactly what would Jesus do. Because the Bible gives us the answers. Another characteristic says that we need to, to be slow to speak. Now, have you ever been around a person who has all the answers and you can never get a word in edgewise? Proverbs 17, 27 through 28. That's Proverbs 17, verses 27 through 28 says, A truly wise person restrains his words, and the one who stays calm is discerning. Even a fool who remains silent is considered wise, and the one who holds his tongue is deemed discerning. So we're going to do an experiment. Here's how it's going to work. We're going to see how well we can truly listen. Because we're supposed to be quick to listen and slow to speak. We're going to see how well we can truly listen to what I'm about to say next. Okay? Here's the, here's the thing. This is what we're going to do. I'm going to raise my hands. The moment I raise my hands, you are going to start talking at a normal, regular voice. About anything or anything. I really don't care as long as you're not cussing in God's house. <laughs> you say anything, it could be about what you had for breakfast, it could be a mental list of what you need, it could be a spoken list about your shopping list, it could be what you're wearing. I just want you to start talking. While you guys are all talking at the same time, I'm going to be saying stuff. But I'm going to turn the mic off. Because the mic is what hears you hear me over all the other noise sometimes, isn't it? It allows us to be able to focus on the sound of my voice. But let's be honest, sometimes we're so busy in our lives, we're so busy speaking.
then when I raise my hands, we're going to go. Are you ready? Because you may 
get some of it in, but by the time you're done, someone's going to be dragging across the deck anyway, so you're never going to be able to recover the tube of toothpaste. And that's the same thing with our words. Once we say them, the damage is done. They are out there. A person who is slow to speak will be a person who wants to make sure that they know what God is saying about something before they give their opinion about it. It's making sure that what we are going to say is truly not just what we want to say in a situation, but what God wants us to say in the situation. And then the third thing it said is that if superhero of the faith is slow to anger. Now, when we look at the world around us, we have to be careful not to lash out in anger. Because anger can blind us from what the Lord is trying to teach us, from what God is instructing us on. Lashing out in anger may make us feel better for the moment. Let's be honest, sometimes it does, right? But then it doesn't solve anything, and oftentimes we are left struggling with regret over our spontaneous action from when we lashed out in anger. Proverbs 14.29. Proverbs 14.29 says, The one who is slow to anger has great understanding, but the one who is quick-tempered exalts folly. In other words, he makes mistakes. He makes a lot of them. But when you're slow to anger, you're showing greater understanding. Verse 20 of James chapter 1 says that our anger will not make things the way God wants them. Slow to anger. Sometimes we just need to pause, take a breath, and count to 10. And if you have to, count to 10 again. And sometimes, some days, you just need to keep counting. But we need to consider our actions. We need to be quick to listen. Slow to speak. And slow to anger. And that's when we have the appearance of a superhero. And once we have the appearance, we can work on our motivations because the appearance, the characteristics of a superhero are going to drive our motivation, our ambition as a hero. Becoming a part of a hero of faith is having the right motives. <laughs> yeah. Imagine if Superman or Batman had ever decided to use their powers for evil or selfish purposes. That would have been bad, wouldn't it? That is not the kind of movie you want to watch, is it? Our ambition should be put aside, all filth and excess, and humbly welcome the message which God has for us. It is our ambition to follow God. It's our motivation to serve Him. James says to get rid of filth and excess, like you would take off dirty clothes. 2 Corinthians 7.1 tells us this, 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1. Therefore, since we have these promises, dear friends, let us cleanse ourselves from everything that could defile the body and spirit, 
and thus accomplish holiness out of reverence for God. We are to clean out the things that God does not want in our lives so that we can receive his word. The word can save us to be transforming us into the image of Jesus, who is our superhero, as we said earlier. We are to humbly receive the word versus being quick to speak and quick to anger. We are to let God's word penetrate into our souls. To have the ambition and motivation to look intently toward God's word and to live out its message. Verses 22 through 25, God's word is compared to a mirror, wasn't it? And it says, you look in the mirror and you walk away, you don't know yourself, then you're, then you're doing it wrong. And when we look in the mirror, we normally are correcting things, right? We're going, oops, that piece of hair is out of place. Oops, this is wrong, this is wrong. We take time to make sure that everything is in its place, right? We look in the mirror to make sure everything looks all right. And it says, one who hears the word is like one who looks into the mirror. Walking away. And if you walk away without listening to the word, you're like walking away from the mirror, knowing you look a hot mess, and not doing anything about it. But to be here, we look at the word of God. We see what it says. We see what needs to be fixed. We look into that mirror, and we say, ooh, I cannot go out like this. And we don't. We do not get angry. We do not make up excuses. We humbly receive what God's word is telling us. And we go to work getting it done. In verse 25, we are encouraged to live out the word. Not just to take a glance at it, but to fix our attention on it. Which means to think about it, to reflect on it, to look hard at it. James says that the word of God is perfect. That means it's complete. It cannot be made better. <laughs> Finally, the last part of James in verses 26 through 27, it says, If anyone thinks he is religious, it does not bridle his tongue. He so deceives his heart. His religion is pure. Pure and undefined religion before God the Father is this, to care for orphans and widows and their misfortune, and to keep oneself unstained by the world. And so the last step we need to be an action hero a hero of the faith is to finally now that we know the appearance now that we have correct motivations we need to put it into action. We need to take action. One of the actions of a faith action hero, a faith superhero, is the ability to control the tongue. It's called self-control. That if our, our faith is genuine, we need to exhibit self-control in what we say and how we act. One who has a relationship with Jesus will be working on controlling not just their tongue, but themselves. 
we are told that if we cannot do this, then our walk with God is pointless, worthless. And we can't start exercising self-control in our lives, on our tongues, and our actions. We're supposed to be slow to speak and slow to anger, and if we can't do that, then what are we doing again? James says that for true religion, a religion that's pleasing to God, it's more than just an outward show. It's not putting on an act. It's living it out. True religion will manifest itself in what we do for others and what we do with ourselves. To take care of the widow, the homeless, the orphan. Taking care of the less fortunate. That's what the Salvation Army is about. William Booth understood that. In one of his last addresses to the people of the Salvation Army, he sent a telegraph out. In one word. Others. We have that plaque hanging in the back of the chapel. How many of you guys have ever stopped to read it? Me. Those should be the words of an action of a superhero. That while women weep as they do now, will fight. While little children go hungry as they do now, will fight. While men go to prison in and out and in and out, we will fight. While there yet remains one dark soul without the light of God in their lives, we will fight, we will fight to the very end. That is what it means to be a hero. That's how we live. When we stop to think about what we're doing, when we remove ourselves from the situation and the equation and allow God to use us, then we are truly superheroes because it's not on our own power. We can't be heroes on our own strength. Remember what I said in Romans? Those of you who are strong have a responsibility to help the weak. He wasn't talking about those of you who can bench press 150 pounds. Because I can't do that, so. I just flew in the exit seat and they give you that little display. They go, can you lift 50 pounds if you needed to? Could you lift this 50 pound door? And I go, I can lift 50 pounds. Please don't make me cougar right now. <laughs> right? He's not talking about that kind of straw. He's talking about the strength that comes from the Lord. The strength of Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That kind of strength. And when we have that kind of strength, we have a responsibility. It's a responsibility to the women who are weakened, to the children who are hungry. To the dark souls without the light of God in their lives. We have a responsibility to reach out to them. Superior power that you have as a Christian is that as a Christian, you can bring 
to any darkness. So your power that you have as a Christian is that by sharing the love of God with somebody, sharing the word of God with somebody, you can give them the gift of eternal life. Because that's the God, gift God gives them. You know? It's the gift he's given us. And it's a gift we can share with them. The Bible tells us that we can do powerful, marvelous, wonderful things when we believe. When we draw our strength from the Lord. And so the question I have today for you is, are you ready to be a superhero of the faith? Kind of like they ask you when you're sitting in the emergency room exits. If it's dependent upon it, in case of an emergency, would you be willing to share the word of God with somebody? If it came down to it, and somebody needed you, would you be quick to listen to them and slow to speak about it? Taking in what they're saying to you and then thinking about it, contemplating it, and giving a response based on the word of God. Are we slow to anger? It's something we struggle with, isn't it? We get angry, though, because we get upset about the inconvenience we're going through. So the question is, is are we willing to put aside ourselves? To deal with other people. Because when we're focusing on helping others, our personal emotions of anger are going to take a back burner. As I said, leave it straggling behind. Not really paying any attention. So the question is, is are we ready? We don't need no bite from a radioactive spider or a meteorite to fall from the sky to grant us superpowers. All we need to do is accept God. Accept the Lord Jesus and the power that comes from knowing them to live in his word obediently and to follow those instructions, to have the appearance of a superhero, to live our lives that way. To have the motivations of a hero and to follow through with the actions. And when we do those, we can truly be a superhero of faith. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just come before you this day, Lord. We thank you for everything that you've done for us, Lord. And we thank you for the fact that you give us power. That you are our source of strength, Lord. And that through you, we can draw an amazing source of power. Lord, help us to walk in your ways to have the appearance, Lord, the characteristics of a hero of faith. 
match our motivations with yours, Lord. Break our hearts for the things that break yours. Lord, help our actions be what you would have us to do. And most of all, Lord, give us the strength to do all these things, to live a life that is pleasing to you, to follow the model that Jesus set, Lord, while he was here on earth, and to truly be a superhero, a faithful for those around us. We ask these things, Lord, through your beloved Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right.